Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Hey, I'm in the book of Jude this morning. The book of Jude. It's not coincidence that that's next to the last book. It's there for purpose. A lot of things are happening here in this book. One little chapter, 25 verses. And there's some things in here that'll make you scratch your head. It's a powerful book. Amen, Brother Jimmy. It's a powerful book. So Jude, uh, and I'm going to read verse 20 through 25. I'm going to the end of the book. I may touch on the rest of us, uh, kind of outline it, bring us up to this point. Uh, Kind of just, uh, this is all off the cuff and from the hip. I've read this chapter multiple times last night and this morning. If you found Jude and verse number 20, shout amen. Amen. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And some have compassion. Here's one I'm preach this morning. Making a difference. And others save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to, to keep you from falling. And to present you faultless. Before the presence of his glory. With exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Father, I love you and I thank you for the day. And I'm glad, God, it's time to rejoice. And you are my comfort and you are my battle shield. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day and these that have come out. Lord, I pray you'd fill my mouth and guard my tongue and preach me with accuracy inside the bounds of the book. I pray that this would go out. Lord, it's a still spirit here this morning. Surely, Lord, it's sowing time. Maybe, just maybe, Lord, you're going to harvest someone from the fire today. But God, do what you do. One more time, help me stand. Bless your people through your word. I'll praise you forever that, for everything that's going to be accomplished and ask it in my king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. I want to try to preach just a little bit this morning on making a difference. Jude's an interesting book. If I could outline this book, here's the way I'd start with it. Verses 1 through 3, you'll find this. You'll find the assurance of your salvation preserved in Christ, but it's in him and him alone. Jude, the half-brother of Jesus, is the writer of the book. We know that because he's the brother of James. I think it's Matthew uh, 12 or somewhere in there that it talks about the, the siblings of Christ. 
and it would be Judas, but they shorten it to Jude so it's not confused with who else, the other Judas of the book. He's the half-brother of Jesus, but he doesn't say that. He says, I'm a servant. It actually means Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ. It actually means bond slave. In other words, I'm a slave to him. What he commands me, I'll do. Where he sends me, I'll go. What he says, I'll listen to. When he speaks, I'll incline my ear unto him. I am the bond slave. I am chained to him. I'm tied. I wrote a little song. I've never sung it here. But Corbin Madden gave me the thought of it when he said, if there's a problem, it's me. But the first verse would go like this. I'm saved by his grace. Praise God. I'm washed by his blood. Amen. Look here. And I'm, I'm bound by his love and I'm sanctified daily. Hey, that's the way we are. What are we? And how, why is that? Because we're a bond slave. We're the servant of Christ. If you're born again, you look, you qualify. If you're born again, that's what you are. You're his slave. When it's time to do something for him, you do it. There's no argument. Look, a slave didn't have a choice. A slave was without choice. The slave done what the master said has awoken the master. But it doesn't stay there long. About three short verses in this, speaking to the assurance of a believer. But then it falls off into this, the apostasy of, the, of, of, of this world. Now, there, there is a... I think we're living in the greatest time of apostasy since the beginning of the world. More, Amen. Jimmy took, stole my thunder. More people. So naturally... There'd be more, there'd be more apostates now than there was in the day of Jesus. And we have them. He mentions three in particular. I won't preach on them. I'll briefly touch them. He says, he speaks of this. The air, I've got something hanging on my face, a piece of fuzz or something driving me crazy. If I don't get it off, I'm going to preach just a few minutes, I'm done. But what we have here, we have the way of Cain. He speaks to the way of Cain. What was Cain? Cain was this. Cain won't do it his way. Cain's going to do it his way. He's not worried about God's way. He's not worried about a blood sacrifice. He's worried about what he can manufacture and put before God. And then he gets mad when God doesn't accept what he tries to give him. Sounds like America to me today. He won't take just any old thing. It's by the blood and through Christ or you're not going. He speaks to the way of Cain. Then the error of Balaam. Balaam was the guy and most people all they remember about him. He rode a donkey that could talk. That's about all they remember about him. But this is the problem. God told him no first. And he just kept asking him. His correct response would have been when God said no, that had been it. But he just kept going back. Now he, and so when he had opportunity to turn around, he didn't turn around. He thought, surely God's got to curse that people. No, he's not. He's going to bless them. If you think God isn't going to bless the Jew today, friend, you've bumped your head. The blessing of God is coming. He, Paul said that all Israel, at that time when he comes, and all Israel might be saved. They're going to see him for who he is. They're going to recognize him according to Zechariah. They're going to say, where'd you receive these wounds? He's going to say, in the house of my friends. Then they'll all be saved. We see that. But then we see the gainsaying of Korah. Korah was the guy 
that didn't like that Moses was in charge. He said, hey, I'm as good as Moses is. No, he wasn't. Listen, God's no respecter of person, but he wasn't qualified to do what Moses was. God chose Moses. This guy should have listened and followed, but no, he had his own ideas and thought they were better. And he spoke against the command, and the, the problem was, Moses said, this is what God said, and he disagreed. So he spoke against the word of God, and what happened was, he didn't just get struck down, he got buried. So we see the assurance of believers, we see next through this book, all the way down to verse number 20, we see the apostates. Now we see the ability. This is what God gives for ability. Now this is kind of an expository message this morning. You bear with me, we'll see a few things in this. I'll let you go and I'm headed south as soon as church is over. Well, God's good to me. (laughs) He knows how bad I don't like snow. Or how much I don't like it. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. There is some building for you to do. You have to build up. I can't look here. And Gordon used this this morning in Sunday school. You work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I can't build Jacob. I can only build Mike. We can share the word. We can exhort each other. We can show things to each other. But I can't build him up. You build yourself up. On what? Your most holy faith. What is that? That's the foundation of your salvation. Built up on that faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You diligently seek him, you're building. What do we do? How do you build a building? Did we start with the roof? Look, you start at the foundation. And you start building up. And eventually, all the pieces are fit together, and you come in, and you, you, you get it dried in, and then you trim it out, and then you lock and key the thing. I don't think it's completed until we get the tabernacle. It's not made with hands in heaven. I'm working on a building. Somebody used to sing that song for me around here. On your most high, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, what is that? We've had this in Sunday school this morning. I thought Gordon done a great job that is, uh, uh, showing in Acts what it's referring to there is language of all them that come from all the areas and they understood in their language. There's three or four miracles takes place right there. But we're praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost is this. It's when we're not doing all the talking. Simplest way I know to put it. When we're not doing all the talking. Look, when we read his book, he speaks to us. And then we can speak back. But when we're praying in the Holy Ghost, here's what he's doing. He directs our thoughts and our speech and what we say. You ever been praying? And I mean you got him plugged in. I'm, hey, hallelujah. You got plugged in praying. And all of a sudden when you get done, you shout amen and you back up and say, Why didn't I ask him for that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because you're following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost will direct you in. Watch this. Stay with me just a minute. Because these things, there's the Spirit maketh intersection for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. 
I've grown in the spirit. And if somebody is around me, they'd have thought I'd lost my mind. But I'm groaning in the spirit. I don't even know what to say. But I know somebody that does. And he says what I need to say. And I don't know what to say. That's praying in the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to tell you, friend, you get to that place and you're letting him lead you. That's when them two witnesses, Brother Gordon talked about this morning, that you and him, you can't have a better witness than him. And it shall be given. Verse 20, we see the, that, what that brings. That brings excitement. You know. You know when you're praying in that place. The excitement that it brings within us. Hey, I'll not go down that road. Careful, thank you, Lord, for guiding me right there. Verse 21, keeping yourselves in the love of God. God so loved the And God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Keep yourselves in the love of God. It doesn't say for. So am, am I supposed to have love for God? Amen. If you love me, keep my commandments. But what could it mean if I'm keeping, if, 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 if the book here says this, it says, keep yourselves in the love of God. That's his love. Is he not going to love us? Yes, but here's what that does. Perfect love casteth out fear. We don't have any fear about us. When we're doing that, when we're keeping ourselves in the love of God, how is that? Draw nigh to him. Is God ever, listen, if you die and go to hell, it, it's not God's fault. You'll, you'll walk right across his love and fall off into, into, into hell. Now, some, some are out there saying today God didn't die. Christ didn't die for everybody. Now, I disagree with that. Because John said he taketh away the sin of the world. If you're walking on this globe that's spinning out here around the sun, I'm believing that Christ died for you. I can't understand it any other way. He's no respecter of person. I already quoted that once. But there we go. We have that. So we keep ourselves in the love of God. We keep our, how does, that, how does your child how do you love them most? You always love them. But when do you love them most? When they're obedient. Hey, man, when they're obedient. And to obey is better than sacrifice. You love them kids. When you look out and say, that's my kid right there. Look, they've done real good. Or when they've tried and failed and you say, that's my kid and I love them despite their failure. In spite of their failure. I love that child. Keeping yourself in the love of God. Being obedient to what it is God would want you to do. So it doesn't, the verse doesn't close there. It says this. Looking, looking, looking. That word in the Greek means an expectation. So we not only have excitement, praying in the Holy Ghost, stirs us up, fills us up. We get ready to run, charge, hallelujah. We get the can't help it. I mean, God touches us, and we know we've been at the throne of God. We know our petition's been heard, and we're looking for the thing. We got an expectation of what's about to transpire. You believe that today? Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. You know what that tells me? 
Brother Tom, that says that mercy that endureth forever, I'm going to need that right up to the point that he takes me out of this stuff and puts me like him. I'm going to have it. And what have I got then? When I get out of this life, I have eternal life. And I'm expecting that. Where is my expectation? Is it in me? No, certainly not. It's not in you. It's not in the free will Baptist. It's not in a denomination of men. Where is my expectation? It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is my expectation. Nobody like him. So we see, we see the excitement, I think, in verse 20 of praying in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. I love the word Holy Ghost. Then we see in verse 21, we see the expectation. We're looking for this. We know it's coming. And others save with fear. No, let me get 22 and get my, and my title. And some have compassion making a difference. I'm just going to talk to you for a few minutes. And some having compassion making a difference. You, you read a lot of commentary, you'll get four or five different things on what that word means. I'm going to take it for what the King James Bible says, making a difference. And you can do that. There's some people compassion works on. Are you with me? So my sister, Teresa, Ernie knew very well, knows her. Mama could beat her till she couldn't walk. And she'd do it again. You're just going to have to kill her, kill her, to keep her from doing it. Mama didn't want to kill her. I wanted to, but she didn't. I thought, let's go ahead and kill her. (laughs) She'd be out of my way. Brotherly love. She'd beat the time out of her. And that girl, but if mama wanted to get a hold of her, she'd get her up in her arms and she'd get in her face, tell her how much she loved her and love on her. It'd break her like a twig. You see, compassion gets a hold of some. It gets them. And you know what that'll do? That'll make a difference. That'll make a difference. You know why God put us here? To be difference makers. You are here. You're not here. I quote the verse all the time out of, out of Revelation. For thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. It's for the pleasure of God. You're not here. Look, he gives us things that pleases us. Things we enjoy. Things we love. Uh, sidebar. I've seen this on the news clip this morning. It was so cold in Kansas City that the quarterback's helmet split. And the stands was packed out. I'll just let you chew on that for yourself for a moment. Now I'm back to compassion. Get some. There's out for blood over there, David. Compassion works on some. And you're a difference maker. What if we were as dedicated to Christ as that bunch of people was in Kansas City to that ball team last night? I mean, it's four below zero. The football had to be like a brick when they kicked it or throwed it or picked it up. 
Them guys are either real tough or real stupid. And I'll let you discern which one it is. But what if we, as the army of God, would we be difference makers? I mean, they ain't nothing keeping them people out of that seat. They don't care if it's four below. They're, going, hey, they're out there. They're supporting their God. Now, not all of them, maybe, but a good number. Difference makers. We're that slave to Christ. He wants us to be difference makers. I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. When I'm gone, when I'm gone, I hope there's somebody, maybe just one, but I hope there's somebody said, you know what, when you come and see me in the box, walk by that coffin, look at that empty carcass laying there because I've done moved out. And say, you know what, when that thing was up moving, he made a difference in my life. Don't you want to be a difference maker? You know what Jude said about this? This is at, at the worst time. That the, it, I mean, this is the time the world is falling into apostasy. It's bad. People have turned away, run away from God. They're choosing everything but God. They're going the Cain way, Balaam's era, and again, saying a Korah, all them wrapped up in one. They're doing all these things. And old Jude pinned that right at the end. He said, and, and God perfectly placed it in his book right before the revelation. Can I ask you a question? Do you want to be a difference maker? Two things, and I'm done this morning. Two things about being a difference maker. Number one, you got to desire it. You got to desire. I desire to make a difference in their life. Now, God didn't call everybody to preach. And he didn't give everybody the same gifts. I know that. I understand that. And he didn't make us all the same. If you want to see the diversity, look at the apostles. Look at the original 12. Look what a different group that was. Now, there's a few fishermen in there, but the rest of them is all kinds of everything. Diversity. So he didn't make us all the same. We're not the same. Now, I know I'm talking kind of slow this morning, but this is, this is, this is deeper water than you realize. If you're going to be a difference maker, you got to desire it. Desire goes a long way. You know what I do? Jimmy, you've quoted me all morning. You know what I do? Tell me, help me here on. I do what I want to do. I do what I want to do. Do you do what you want to do? Does anybody in here like cauliflower? Is anybody here not like cauliflower? Oh, yeah. How many times do you, when you show up at a restaurant, say, hey, give me some cauliflower? I got one hand back there that likes it. You know why you don't do that? You don't like it. We do what we want to do. We need a desire. He said, go ye into all the world and preach them the word. I want to do it. Number one, to be a difference maker, you've got to have desire. 
The next verse says this, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire. You know what that should do? That should give us the desire. Listen, my worst enemy, and I don't know, I've probably got some. You won't believe this, not everybody likes me. Oh, yeah. But my worst enemy, if they were on fire, you know what I'd try my best to do? Put them out. I prayed for Saddam Hussein until he jumped off the scaffold and yelled, Allah Akbar, and I thought, well, he went to hell. Because Allah and Jehovah are two different gods. I prayed for that guy. I prayed for Osama bin Laden until they shot him in the head over there in that town. I pray for our national leaders every day without miss. Every day. I pray for Benjamin Netanyahu. Now, he's not my enemy, but I pray that he'd be saved. I pray for these. Why? You know what, Tom? I desire to see them changed. And I want to be a difference maker. More in 24 than any other time. It'll take desire to do it. I don't want to see. Eurystone used to say, used to say, that's a famous Eurus saying. He would say, I don't want to see anybody go to that other place. He wouldn't use the word hell. I pray that nobody, I pray they get saved. I don't want to see anybody go to that other place. And I'm going to tell you what that old man was. He was a difference maker. But some, listen, compassion will work on some, but some you've got to scare them to death. If you've got the desire to do it, you can do it. You get all revved up, praying in the Holy Ghost, get expecting His coming. When you get to believing it, it's easier to make somebody else believe it. And you begin to say, hey, He's a coming. And if you're not ready, you're going to hell. Hey, it'll get on somebody. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? The family leaving, Brother Gordon, I believe will be a change in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. I understand what that scripture says there. But I can't imagine leaving and my son and my daughter-in-law, my little grandson, not meeting me in the sky. Can you imagine you're leaving, your siblings don't come, or your mom and dad's not ready to go? It ought to be that it's hard for us to pillow our head and rest. We should be a desire, have such a desire to be a difference maker that we don't have to worry about them being in the fire, but we would help pull them out of the fire. If the desire, listen, if just being related in the natural realm doesn't give you desire, this ought to give you desire that where they're going to spend eternity. And I'm like, you're a stone. I don't want to see anybody go to that other place. It's going to take desire. Some you'll get with compassion. Others you'll get with fear. There's no fear of the Lord anymore. No fear. People want the blessing of God, but they don't want to give nothing back in return. I hope I can preach that message Brother Dave Mitchell sent me about love and what it represents. 
when it comes to loving God and God loving us. This is very profound. But number two, and I'm done, is desire is one thing. But look here, friend, desire just won't, it's going to take determination. You're going to have to settle it in your soul that I'm not giving up, I'm not quitting. When they told you no a hundred times, ask them a hundred and one. When you know that it's going to cause you grief, when you look them in the face and say, I love you and I'm praying for you. Granny Ledbetter, I believe, used to break things just to get me to come to her house to fix it. Because here's what she'd say, and I was backed up on God, I was a thousand miles away. And I'd start to leave, and before I'd leave, Tommy, she'd say, hey, Michael, she's one of the few in this world that called me Michael. She'd say, Michael, I'm a praying for you. I'd just as soon she took a two before and hit me in the side of the head. Because it melted me in my spirit. Because I knew that she was grieving over me. That I wasn't right with God. And it was about to kill her. And she would give anything she had. She didn't have much. She gave it all away. She would give everything she had if she knew that all her grandkids was right with God. She was sold out, sacked up, and loved the Lord. And look here. And, and, and had mistakes in her life too. Sure. But oh, it just pierced my soul. I'm praying for you, Michael. You know what she was? She's a difference maker. And she didn't just quit. She just kept on. Kept on. Delbert McCown's a difference maker. He'd just keep on. He's like a bulldog, a hold of a bone. He's tenacious. You couldn't, he would not let go. He may not have any education, but he was as determined to do and be a difference in people's lives as any man I ever met. He had a desire to do it, and he's determined. He's going to see it come to pass. Now, we've got a pretty good number here this morning. It's not packed out like it usually is, but we've got a good number of people. Brother Randall, I'm just, I'm just making an educated guess right here that not everybody in this room is even worried about being a difference maker. Well, we, hey, look here, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm just doing my own thing. I'm doing my own thing, coming to church like I'm supposed to, love my family, love God on Sunday, and I'm just coming and I'm just doing, but I'm really, don't, don't look here. Now, don't, don't get us in here, preacher, and start pounding us about, one guy told me this. He said, I'd come to your church on Sunday morning, but then you'd be wanting me to come on Sunday night. He said, and then if I come on Sunday, you'd be wanting me to come on Wednesday. I said, you're exactly right. He said, well, that's why I won't come on Sunday, because you won't leave me alone. Just try to make a difference. Listen, you can't come for an hour and get enough to be much of a difference maker. And you don't have to be one. You don't have to be one. You're still saved. You'll still go to heaven the rest of you. Oh, Jude's telling us here, he said, you can get some with compassion, but some you're going to have to scare them. You're going to have to save them by fear. Now, God's not giving us the spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. And here's the reality, friend. 
I could be preaching my last message. My intent is to get in that little Ford out there and drive to Valdosta, Georgia tonight. I got a motel room waiting on me down there and then the next morning I'm going to drive on into Tampa. That's my plan. Travis, that's my plan. But I don't know that I'll make it to Chattanooga. And you don't know that you'll make it home this afternoon. So for the Christian, I think in 24, our heart's desire. I know I'm riding you pretty hard the last few days, last few messages I preached. But just what the Lord's given me, I think he's trying to shake us and wake us for what's coming ahead, friend. It's, look here. They could be. Do you know that because the Houthis have been throwing missiles and rockets at the ships that they've had to go around the Horn of Africa and that's unusual for them to have to do that. And they said he's going to double the price of the goods that's coming over there. And you know what? We don't manufacture much in America anymore. Look at what you bought yesterday. Turn it over and see where the label's from. The other side of the world. If that shuts down, we could be in pretty bad shape real quick. So if we're going to be a difference maker, better do it now. And lost friend, if you're ever going to be saved, if you're ever going to be born again, you'll never find a better time than right now. Outside these doors, they'll laugh at you, throw rocks at you, make fun of you. Look here, but you in here today, we'll, we'll, we'll come around you. We'll love on you. We'll encourage you. We'll, we'll be excited that you came into the family, the only thing the First Free Will Baptist Church is missing is new births. It's new births. I don't want my people to go to hell. I don't want your people to go to hell. I don't want this church to be known for anything other than that's a soul station for the cause of Christ. You know what I'd like for us to have the reputation as? That they're difference makers. They're difference makers. How'd they make a difference in your life? Well, first they loved me. They showed me compassion. And then they loved me enough to tell me the truth. And that kind of scared me. And then I got fearful. And the fear of the Lord's the beginning of wisdom. And then I seen, well, I don't have him and I need him. And you know what? They had enough God in them. Hallelujah. They had enough God in them to tell me what I needed to do to get to where I needed to be. Hey, they're difference makers. I hope you make your lost family uncomfortable when you get around them. I hope they avoid you like the plague, but then they can't get away from you. That's a sign of a difference maker. Brenna, come pin. What if I'm a difference maker preacher? Am I going to win a prize? Not in this world. It'll be a prize to you when you see them come to Christ. What if, what if, what if you know what you'll get? Probably persecution. And that's how you know I'm making a difference. But then one day the chief shepherd's going to show up. He's going to say, hey, the world didn't like you, but I love you. 
Lord, I didn't pay no attention, but you made a difference. Now come. Hey, thou's been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Come on, I've got a crown of righteousness laid up for you. You are a difference maker. Are you qual- the only way you can be qualified is if you've been born again. If you're unsaved this morning, you can't be a difference maker. You're a troublemaker. Bringing trouble to your parents, to your kinfolk, to those that's associated with you and related to you, those you work with, you're just trouble. Why? Because I'm living under the condemnation of God according to John. You know, to be a difference maker, a lot of times you don't get to do it the way you want to. You have to do it his way. And his is the best way, but it's not an easy way. We stand to our feet and rent a place of song. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.